Welcome aboard. This is Mike and Liz Zirkel. <laughs> Uh, this is another episode of Comparing Apples to Oranges, the podcast where we take two things in the same category that don't belong in the same genre and, using a special set of criteria, decide which one's better. Welcome back, Liz. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here for my third time. Yeah, I was checking. Uh, so Skype, we uh, we use it. We're not big fans of it, but it is free. And it did tell me the last time we did this was like three months ago. So... Well, last time you and I did it together, I was on Jeremy's account, so I don't oh, know if that's was, accurate. Maybe it was further back then. Because I know, I think the first time you and I did this, maybe it was on my account, but then last time, I oh. it just auto-logged into Jeremy, and I was like, you know what, I don't want to mess with this. There you go. <laughs> Keep it going. Um, so, uh, Liz is our resident uh, romance expert. Is there a yeah. different, is there a title for people who are experts of romance novels oh god i don't i don't think that's an official thing so okay. i mean it might be an official thing I, I apologize to any listeners who actually are official experts i'm pretty <laughs> oh fun fact uh i'm gonna bring up when we get to it apparently fans of this specific author have like a fan title like Ooh. they're all a group I'm and excited. It's, it makes me... I don't like it. I'm not a fan of the title. I don't know if I'm a fan okay. of her to the point where I would join this group, but the title of the group definitely puts me off of it. So. Interesting. You know, and you know, we'll get into it, obviously, but I went into this thinking I... Just based on things I had heard about it from fellow romance readers, um, a lot of people told me, it's an amazing book, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, my dad was a priest before he married my mom. So, I have many weird feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I probably wouldn't have actually read this book if it weren't for this podcast, so I'm kind of excited. And I'm shocked that by the end, I was like, you know what? I might read the next one in the series. <laughs> so, I, ch I checked. It looks like there's 3.5. So, instead of a trilogy, we should call it a trilogy. Which, I don't... That's not... That's not what anybody calls it that, but... So there's like a, a point five because... Uh, now, I want you to weigh in with your uh, background knowledge, but like it's pretty common for an, a romance writer to write a small series where each book follows a different character, that, but all the characters either know each other in the books or are like related somehow or like children of... Like, there's some sort of direct connection. Typically, yes. So okay. a lot of times, you know, th there can be series where it's the same um, same couple throughout all. Like, okay. say, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's the same couple throughout the whole thing. Like, the entire series, like, you don't necessarily have your happily ever after by the end of book one. Like, you have to read all the books to get to their final destination. Gotcha. But most romance series are, like, a series of standalones or, like, personally... I think it's always best to read them in order because things that happen in book three might reference things that happened before, but you can technically read each as its own individual thing. Um, so looking ahead at this, I did see that Sierra... Simon? Simone? I I'm going to say Simone because of the E. Okay, Sierra Simone, uh, the author of Priest, which is one of the things we we're talking about today. Um, book two is about one of the brothers of Tyler... And he falls in love with a nun, or a soon-to-be nun. Right. 
And then did you hear about Saint, the third one? I haven't looked, no. So it's about his brother, his youngest brother, brother, Aiden. And what I'm assuming is like a possible gay lover. I'm like, whoa. Like she covers all the bases, this lady. Nice. So. They definitely don't make that. They make it sound like all the boys are very, very straight. Um, yeah. In this book. But, you know, maybe he's bi. And congrats, dude. Yeah. Because I'm just. Uh, although, like, I might have misread it, but it's like. It doesn't seem unusual for her. Like, she just. You know, she jumps in with both feet to sort of some of the stuff. Because, like, you had mentioned. Um, you use the phrase high heat or hot heat to describe this level of. I think of... I said high high heat okay is there i mean this yeah there 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 is a a a formal thermometer for a sexy metric you know what no and that's actually really obnoxious and we had an episode recent um not too long ago on dick of the week where we were talking about heat levels because literally every reader and every author have their own definitions and own like different like what might be like medium heat to me might be high heat to someone who doesn't normally read things but like then you read someone like simone or sierra simone and you're like oh this is like this is literally erotic romance which is like the highest heat before you get straight up erotica which is no plot and just sex gotcha Um, now can you tell the i know the audience who's listened to you before knows what you're talking about but you just threw dick of the week in there pretty casually go ahead and (laughs) (laughs) yes tell people Uh, what that is (laughs) is one of my podcasts and my friend Stephanie and I discuss things we love and sometimes hate about romance novels so sometimes we're talking about a specific thing like heat levels sometimes we read a book um, and discuss that specific book sometimes we talk about a trope so you know things that say enemies to lover is a type of trope or there's only one bed is a type of trope or um, it's like little like specific things that can happen that are common within within romance novels that people you know they're like oh i really really love when it's a second chance so like the, you know they once upon a time dated and then circumstances rip them apart and they later on end up together kind of thing so we talk about all kinds of things regarding anything that fall within the umbrella of romance we're pretty we're pretty liberal with our definition mostly just because we've been doing it on and off for three years so we <laughs> We have to be like, oh, we're going to talk about this, I don't know, TV show <laughs> that that happened because it sounds interesting to us and we want to talk about it. Um, but we have fun. We are both romance readers and we both write romance. So we are not technically experts, but we know a good amount and we have our opinions. So awesome. We- well, that's great. Um yeah, it seems like, you know how they have the international bitterness units for beer? Where, like, the, the, <laughs> is it Scoville or Scoville, like, heat index for, like, spiciness and foods? It just seems like, especially because the community is so... Large? Not just that, it's like, there's... Passionate seems like a silly word to use, but, like, they're they're so... They're all in. Like, no, I don't know anybody who reads romance novels who isn't like, oh, yeah, I've, I've read hundreds of them. Like, it's nobody's like, so me, for example, this is my third one. But I don't know anybody who would be like, oh, yeah, I only read three. Now, there's a bunch of people who will read a bunch of different genres and romances in there. Right. But, like, still, they've read, like, a couple dozen. It, 
Because yeah, these are the people and... who are reading, like, a book a week. So, you know, romance falls in there. And it's, for the most, like, not this one necessarily, but a lot of them are, like, super bite-sized, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a big range. You know, there's your, your novellas, which that typically is max 40 to 50,000 words. And then there's, like, your mid-range, which is, like, 50 to probably 70. I tend to read probably more, like, 75 to 90 thousand words in a book like i like a little more thickness to my books hilarious i think i think i think think part of it is just like if i'm going to find the love believable like i want them i want it to be more than just like a quick little snippet of their situation um not to say that you can't do it well i'm working on a novella right now and so it's making me like think of everything i normally don't like and try to make it work right but i mean like it's you're you know that a novella and a novel besides the like amount of space can't be the same thing like it's like a short story in a novella there's a reason you flush one out more is because there's more of a story to be told and and normally in romance in terms of novella is like it's more insta love like they have to fall like almost fall in love immediately for anything to possibly make sense to get them together and doing things like in that small time frame so and you mentioned the happily ever after versus happy is it happy now what's the phrase uh, it's happily ever after or happy for now are the two like the actual definition of a romance novel there's two important things it has to end with a happy ever after or a happy for now like if it's not oh they're married they have kids they're blah 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 but it's like you know they're in a good place and you can see it going positively that's fine um but they are in a good place they're in a happy relationship at the end um and then the other aspect of it being actually a romance novel is their relationship there can be as many subplots as many crazy things happening as you want but their relationship and them falling in love has to be like the central plot so you know it can be it's a paranormal romance and so they're ghost hunters and there's all these other you know outside of the relationship things happening you can have as many plot b c d's happening but throughout it all them falling in love still has to be the central thing awesome okay so um okay let's jump now that we have our foundation laid for when we talk about romance that we're not it's not just too like random people talking about it it's an ex <laughs> it's an expert in someone who's dabbled this is so this is third because we did the brainy bartender which like that's my that was my like idea of what romance was like lots of cliches uh like the characters are pretty cardboard and then yeah their um like romance was pretty it was all front Standard. and center you know, yeah, and then and then uh, Agnes and the Hitman was blew me away because it was so like, it was a novel. Like there was multiple storylines. There was like full on plot that like you have to pay attention to. Flat and like so that one felt felt very lived in. But for I, I mean like we did the amount of research you can do for like stuff that's not on Wikipedia that was like the first of a I think it was our only book I think she had of of these characters even though it felt like it could easily like like 
the mom and the like the crotchety angry guy they used to like have a relationship and then like the strong silent mercenaries like his uh like partner and then like this other and then like agnes's friend they had a romance mm-hmm. and like all these things where i'm like oh this this is what liz kept talking about where like there's a, a whole community of books about these people but that was like i guess that was a starter i couldn't figure that out i think because that was written um that was written by a man and a woman and i think they did go to write other books together but i don't know if they were that, but I, in the but same I it's the same world yeah like i think and i do think i mean that one was so like they did a lot of world building a lot of fleshing yeah. out of people that like that was a longer was book just, too it was long yeah i mean and it was just quality writing yeah for sure and so and then this one i think is somewhere in between there where it, there's definitely a lot of um like well thought out stuff this this isn't something that she wrote and like sat down and like churned out like this is a very well thought out some research like she went back and edited a lot and but it was a lot of high heat for sure like didn't didn't expect a lot of the c word and it was all over the place (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) which c word man c word or female c word? i'm used to man c word i've you know i've watched hbo you know i've listened i've listened to uh you know american podcasts you hear that word a lot but (laughs) lady c word i don't watch a lot of british stuff so it took me (laughs) took me by surprise like how much it showed up just like and the character saying it out loud too but and that and that you know in terms of um determining heat levels of romance novels i think not only like the level of how much sex and and the level of sex they're having but i think the way it's described and the words like that that they're using you know i don't know what your rules here in in terms of cursing is. i've got i've got an explicit uh warning we're good like i feel like at least in my writing like fuck is pretty normal um but lady c don't normally use it that much (laughs) like (laughs) i and i'm perfectly fine with it like i i've read plenty and plenty of romance novels that use it in um you know in a very sex positive sexy way it's never used in like a negative connotation and i think a lot of romance writers in general have been trying to like take back the c word you know and make it empowering and make it a sexy thing instead of it being like the worst dirty word that you possibly say it didn't feel like it was cheap it definitely felt like at times it was for shock isn't the right word but just to sort of like let you know that uh, the temperature is being turned up like this like they were they they didn't immediately use those words until like the character was like in in the fit of passion and you're like okay that seems that seems fair like that seems um realistic isn't the word i'm using correctly but like it it felt uh authentic maybe like it felt it didn't feel um like a cheap win Yeah, yeah exactly yeah i would agree with that um yeah do we want to explain what this book is jump into it so you so, sent me four recommendations of things we could like uh read and watch and i'm like this sounds good enough like let's jump into this because the other one just sounded like not nearly as crazy of a connection (laughs) 
Like, this is a double crazy connection because we watched a vampire western alternate reality movie with Paul Bettany (laughs) as a hero. And then. But not because of this movie, right? (laughs) No, not because of this movie. When you inhaled, I'm like, uh oh, we're going to have a weird conversation then. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's a little something, something that was appealing about him in this movie. Anyway. (laughs) I cut you off right there. Uh, so, and then, uh, you, you, you did do a handful of trigger warnings for me. You're like, Hey, I've just, I haven't read this book. I haven't, but I, I've heard multiple people say, not only is there a lot of shocking things about priest, the the main character who's a priest, but it's, it's a lot more intense than you're used to. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I would have probably given that trigger warning to anybody. Sure. But knowing that we are both Catholic and um, you aren't very well versed in the romance world. No. Um, and just like you know, you're a priest being the romantic hero is not normal. <laughs> right. Antihero, yes, that's very popular. Yeah, but the fact that it's like. And the funny thing is, one of the other books I had sent you that was a possibility um, is a newer book that was traditionally published that I think was called Hot Under His Collar. That sounds um, right. And again, and I haven't read that one and still don't know if I will read it or not. Um, but I think that's a, it probably still is sexy, but I think it's not as erotic as this one is. But it's still one of those things that's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I haven't heard as much about that one, so I don't know. Whereas this one, like, a lot of friends, they're like, yeah, it's really hot, but also just the prose is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Like, if you're going to talk about, like, yes, it's super sexy, but also the writing is beautiful, I'm like, that makes me a little bit more interested in a topic that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, that's the whole thing is, like, it's, uh, you know, a good piece of literature can deal with things... You, you, you can sort of trust it to deal with uncomfortable topics. Yeah. So, I mean, again, okay. So this is Priest by Sierra Simone. Um, <laughs> and she even says, like, there is a content warning. And then in her author's note, she, I'll just read this little bit. Perfect. Um, it says, I spent the majority of my life in the Catholic faith. And while I am no longer Catholic, I still have the utmost most affection and respect for the Catholic Church. While the town of Weston is real and delightful, uh, which is outside of Kansas City area. So yeah, real life. In Missouri. Uh, St. Margaret's and Father Bell are inventions of my imagination and entirely fictional. That being said, this novel is a Catholic priest falling in love. There is sex, more sex, and definitely some blasphemy. The fun kind. You have been warned. <laughs> so I did appreciate her <laughs> putting that straight up in the book. Yeah. <laughs> And then the prologue starts, and it's all, the majority, I would say 98% of the book is from Father Tyler Bell's perspective, which, again, is something different. Like, I feel like a lot of romance novels, it's either pretty split dual point of view or just from the heroine's point of view, uh, if we're talking about traditional traditional hetero relationships. but this is from his point of view, and I think that works pretty well. And I think if it had been from her perspective, I would not have been okay with him for the majority of the time. 
I was not okay with him probably for the first 50 half of this book, to be honest. Um, especially because the prologue starts immediately saying there's many rules a priest can't break. A priest cannot marry. A priest cannot abandon his flock. A, a priest cannot harm sacred trust his parish has put him in. And then it goes on to talk about this woman that shows up. He's a 29-year-old priest. Um, so he's a young dude. He's attractive. He lived his whole life before he decided to join the seminary like he was not went to not college a, had like multiple relationships okay, he is he is not a virgin priest um them they said several months ago i broke my vow of celibacy on the altar of my own church and god help me i would do it again i'm a priest and this is my confession and then it goes back it goes back in time to when he meets uh, Poppy. Poppy. And... Whew! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Poppy is your kind of typical rich East Coast from a well-to-do family. Um, a lot was expected of her. She, you know, go to the best schools, marry the best man live your just like rich waspy life and she didn't want that at all so upon graduation she literally just abandoned her family and got in a car and drove and ended up in kansas city missouri yeah as one does <laughs> and, and then she is that when she becomes a a dancer or she works yeah, at the club first she, well i, I, I can't remember the order her. I think she did a couple things before she ended up at this um, very high esteemed gentleman's club, but she, yeah, like she ended up being a dancer at like a very exclusive gentleman's club. I don't remember now if she had worked maybe other places and then wound up there or what, but yeah. so she, you know, with her high college degrees and this and that and very smart and trust fund that she doesn't want to touch and cut up her daddy's credit cards she is now a stripper by her own choosing like right she decided that's what she wanted to do because she uh was also she enjoyed dance like and studied dance but she didn't get to pursue that because she had to do what her family wanted which was like business school yeah yeah because she wanted yeah she wanted to go to school and focus on dance but they said no um, so she is not Catholic, but she shows up at the church at confession, which I didn't know you could just, like, as a non-Catholic, confess. But I guess a priest isn't going to necessarily turn you away if you're, like, feeling the need you need to talk to them. But like, especially, I mean, especially, like, modern priests are trained to, like, in psychology and counseling. So it seems yeah. more likely that he, because he's, like, of the newer... Uh, cast that he might would would try to engage her. Also, like everybody's trying to get you on that Catholic juice. So like he's like, oh, you're not Catholic. That's why don't you stick around? I got a pamphlet for you. <laughs> like exactly, and that's kind of how I felt about it. So initially, I was like, well, that's weird. Like it's literally a sacrament that you have to do. But I was like, but also if she's showing interest in the faith, of course he's going to foster that and try to like get her into it. Yeah. Um, especially because this is a parish that isn't like the most alive <laughs> like he right. wants new people he wants to make it better 
So of course he's going to do whatever he can. Um, which apparently means talking to this Hottie McCotterson who he immediately is like, why am I having lusty thoughts about this voice? Yeah, that voice. <laughs> it's raspy. It's not raspy. What does he say? Throaty? That seems gross now that I say it. I think it was throaty, though. I think it, I think he did say throaty. And, yeah. The laugh is throaty. A throaty laugh, probably, yeah. Saying that um, out loud sounds unsexy, but every time I read it, I'm like, I, I get what he's saying. I understand yeah. what he's saying. How it's funny. not like, ho, 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 that's not. <laughs> <laughs> How funny is that, though, that, like, you read things cer- certain ways, and you're like, oh, yeah, I get it, that's kind of hot, and yeah. then you read that loud, and you're like, ew, Ooh. oh, no. Oh. Gross. Throaty <laughs> laugh. Especially in the idea of, like, COVID world, I'm like, I'm worried about that. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, yeah, she has a lower voice. Um, yeah, and so they start talking... Here's my thing that, and this is why initially, I think what my issues were initially before I started actually enjoying this book. Um, first off, his just like weird insta lust to hearing her voice and listening to her talk. I was like, you've been a priest for three years now. Surely this is not the first young lady right. who has come to talk to you. Like, what? Why suddenly is your dick like, hey? Yeah. Um. And I think just insta-love in general and insta-lust insta makes more sense to me than insta-love in most instances. Sure. But since he is a priest, I was just like, I am holding you to a higher standard, sir. And I don't understand why you're reacting so intensely right. immediately. Exactly. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know how you felt about that. But I was like, oh, Tyler, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I and think. Then... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and then in terms of her, the way she was speaking to a priest, I was like, girl, I know you're not Catholic, but seriously, what the hell? That's the first, like, I, that, she dropped the C word, like, in confession, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. And, like, you know, it's one of those things, because she's talking about, like, because she's a stripper, um, you know, obviously, you know, sex, sex and sexual things is her job. Right. Um, and, like, lust and all that. And and she would get off on the fact that, like, the men that her family wants her to marry are now the men that she's dancing and, pay- and they're paying her all this money. And she loves that power. You know, it's all a power thing for her, which I get. But she goes into such crazy detail of, like, and then, you know, I'd be wet and I'd be getting myself off and i'm like do you can you just be like yeah i'm a stripper and i have lusty thoughts except (laughs) that we find out later that it's like that's her exhibiting her power over him right like because she's like i thought about you immediately sort of thing so like that was she was playing the game that early on is is what i thought or at least by the second confession. Because I think the first one, she didn't know what she was really doing. And then she does come back, and she had looked him up on the... Oh, yeah, website. you're right. That's later. Yeah. So, but we do we do learn that the second time, when she's, like, really going hardcore into all of her information, that she apparently is masturbating in the confessional. As you do. Which, <laughs> as, as you do. Um, I just realized my windows are open, so I'm super <laughs> happy can hear me just saying these things. <laughs> it's okay, it's um, a book. It didn't happen in real life. But, like, you know, and of course, because he is a 29-year-old man, 
who chose a little bit later in life to become a priest, he's hearing these like very erratic details and he's real into it. And I don't know, like the next time they meet, she comes, to, she's like, hey, instead of this, like, can we just talk in your office? Because I saw you have office hours. And he's like, yeah, cool. And so they do, and then she leaves, and then he immediately masturbates. Onto his, his calendar. Like, like dude, come on. Done that? Like, I know, because he has said that, like, when he took the vow of celibacy, like, he actively really, really tried to, like, not get himself off anymore. And so, like, I'm like, I know you're maybe out of practice, but come on, man. Couldn't you have aimed that a little bit better? Like, <laughs> what day of the month was it that he just casually threw the calendar day away? Like, Hopefully it was, like, the 29th of the month. Right? <laughs> it would have been, like, the third. Yeah, he's just, like, missing a lot of stuff. Also, like, he put it in the trash. Like, people are going to find out that what's in the trash, bro. Like... <laughs> Maybe he takes his own trash out. Let's hope so. So, uh, I guess, like, a there were a handful of, like, uh, unrealistic parts, but I'm like, okay, maybe they'll just, like, oh, they're swept up in passion, and, like, that's why they're acting so crazy. But, like, I think it takes eight years of seminary before you, you they give you a, a parish. So, like, he would be 30 before he would have a parish. And then he's been a priest for three years. I know that doesn't sound like a lot of time, but it sounds like it would make a big difference for this guy. He would, you know, cool off a little, you know, instead of being like, oh, she's laughing. I gotta go come on a calendar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah, just seems I... like, I don't know. No, but when I saw that she, he was 29 and has been a priest for three years, I was a little shocked that I... he was already a a parish priest like that just seemed really young typically seminary is eight years because they you have you have a at least a master's in theology or philosophy and then some uh guys go on to get a like a phd in it so is that is that if you go straight into seminary from high school so i uh the I, the guy I went to high school with, who is a priest now, has been a priest for like two years, and he went at right after high school. Okay. So. Um, and this guy he went in after college, so he went in at I'm assuming 22. So that's a a minimum of I thought eight years. So. And it does sound like that he in college at least was studying like philosophy and religion like he was still doing very yeah that level seminary stuff. yeah like it, the stuff so maybe he, was he studying seemed very on brand for joining the seminary so but... maybe he went in with some credits like <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i don't like a liberal arts college he went in with some credits and he was ready i was to... imagining that he went to like slu or uh what's the kansas city equivalent rock uh rock Rockhurst. Uh huh. I was assuming, like in my brain, I was like, oh, he probably went to Rockhurst. Could be. Like, <laughs> Kansas City. Yeah. Um. So if you're, I mean, if you're a Jesuit, you wouldn't be a parish priest, but you know what I mean. He could have studied Jesuit shit. Right. Okay. So what more do you want to say? I mean, it's in the title, like it's called "Priest a Love Story." You know how it ends. So I don't think we're gonna. So, s we're not spoiling anything, because I mean, no. like the premise 
is on the cover. Like, it's and if a, it's a romance novel, you know they're going to end up together. Yeah. So, um, I appreciate it. Cause I thought the first chunk of it, I was like, I, I, it wasn't that it didn't feel a little partially it didn't feel believable to me, but I feel like he wasn't caring enough in terms of like he is literally breaking all these rules. Like, why isn't he reacting harder? And then it actually starts, like, really affecting him. But then he starts, like, what I thought was really interesting is when he, like, started finding God within his relationship with Poppy. And I thought that was actually weirdly beautiful. I was like, partially you're probably making shit up because you're trying to, like, ease your conscience. But I think the... Go ahead. No, you finish your thought and then I'm going to comment on it. I was like, but also, like, because it eventually gets to the point that he's like, oh, God is, like, maybe I misunderstood what God's calling for me was, and this is God redirecting me. I was like, yeah, you could have done that without fucking on the actual altar, but... <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, that's true. Uh, and, like, you know, using the chrism, because there's only so much of that that you can use uh, before people are like, hey, what... We gotta go get some more of this stuff. Also, like, I don't know if you've ever smelled that stuff in real life. I have. It is a very strong smell. It is not something that you wash off and then go to a meeting and nobody asks about it. That was enough. <laughs> He's like, oh uh, no, I cleaned her up. I'm like, unless you power washed her, she's gonna smell like <laughs> she's gonna smell like a baptized baby, or a se- uh, or a sweaty seventh grader who just got confirmation. Like, people are gonna know what this smell is. Sir. Spoilers. Uh, and what 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 Mike is referring to is uh, they have anal in his office and they use some of the holy oils <laughs> to make that work because of course they don't have lube inside the Catholic um, priest's office, so they make do with what they have. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, impor- I mean, crazy. Like, said, like that was blessed by the bishop. That's not like he he can't just make that stuff reappear like he has to get someone higher up has to replace that shit and that happens like once a year yeah once it's a whole ceremony it's once a year thing so <laughs> what, what what else was um, oh okay so no your comment about... oh sorry you go to that yeah, your yeah. comment about um like how their relationship was like a sacrament and like you you bring up a good point how like oh it's being described in like a beautiful intelligent non-ignorant way however like he is so like neck snapping knee-jerk reaction like whiplash between feelings like what and i'm like is this sort of like should we get you on some lithium are you like your your highs too high your lows too low do we need to balance you out like because he some of the stuff he says because we're in his head some of the stuff he says i'm just like i can't tell like it's the you're talking about the most serious things but then like you you don't wait you don't communicate with this person you don't communicate with other people you're just like willy-nilly changing your mind about what things that you even acknowledge are super important and like life-changing but it's all just like the snap of fingers drop of a hat he changes his mind about stuff which isn't really fair for Poppy because she's not Catholic and she doesn't understand all the information. Yes. And like she understands, yes, he's a priest and yes, he's breaking his vows and his vows are really important to him and his Catholic faith and God are really important to him. But she knows like literally 
the basics of yeah. what it means to be Catholic and what it means to be a priest. Um, and she is, like, throughout all of this, despite the fact that, like, yes, she is actively fucking a priest, like, she starts going to church, she starts volunteering in the parish, and, I, and it didn't feel like it was she was doing that strictly just to get close to him. Like, right. she was looking for her own fulfillment as well. Yeah. I do feel like because all of this is majority of this is in his perspective, I don't feel like she's as flushed out. Like, I don't think she's as... Exactly. Um, as three-dimensional yeah yeah exactly three-dimensional of a character like almost yeah. a little boring like rich girl who decided to be rebellion and become a stripper like and then is now actively she, using her mba but for she's the strip club. but she's not blonde so she's a little a little bit more interesting just because she's not like just that <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta give him that all right like, we know she's smart, we know she's talented, we know she's clever, like, we know those things, but, like, I don't feel like we even, I feel like there's ways to get into her head or learn more about her, even though it is from his perspective, and I don't think she quite, I don't think Sierra quite dug into that as much as she could have. Uh, you can also argue that Tyler didn't either, because, like, yeah. he's making all these choices for them or for him or for her. With, like, no communication. So. Which you can argue, right. like, if you haven't been in a relationship for, what was it, for, like, six years, maybe you're a little rusty on how to talk to people. I don't know. So. Very much so. And he is, you know, I feel like being a priest, he's probably very used to talking to people in a certain way. You know, giving advice and giving, um, you know, helping people figure things out. Yeah. So, like, I, I think he's, he is very used to kind of being in charge emotionally and intellectually that like i don't know if he necessarily gave her enough chance half the time to let yeah. her like say what she needed to say though to be fair the way she handles the whole end of the book i wanted to wring her fucking neck <laughs> communication they don't text each other except for <laughs> like that one time when he like calls her at they're both at work and he calls her to, like, talk him off, like, phone sex stuff. I'm like, this is very unusual. <laughs> and then he sent a video of himself jerking off to her. I'm like, dude, don't that you know about very... the cloud? I was going to say, that felt very dangerous. I honestly thought that that was going to come back and bite him in the ass. Turns out very similar things do come to bite them in their ass, but it's because um, her crazy ex-rich, crazy rich ex- uh, who's trying to get back with her even though he is married to someone else um, sends like a PI to stalk her yeah. and get some questionable photos of the two of them together. Thank God not in the photos of them like banging in the church. Yeah, right? I think they're just kissing in her kitchen. Is that... Yeah. What do you remember? Okay. Yeah, you can't see that they're like naked or about to do anything else. Like it's literally just them kissing and I don't think it shows that they're naked or anything like that yeah but still it was enough like he is a priest that is pretty damning yeah it's not great um oh and then like the whole big thing of like why he decides to become a priest is yeah. because his sister had they found out had been sexually abused by the family's parish priest for wh however long and then she ended up um, dying of suicide and he found her um, so whereas the rest of his family kind of like 
stepped away from the church and their faith and um, said no more. He kind of like doubled down and wanted to prove that there can be good priests. And uh, so it's like one of those things like, oh, and then you start banging the first girl that makes you. Yeah, just like a little fast and loose with like the the subject matter, you know, like it, I I thought they could have dealt with that in a less not cavalier it just didn't seem like like they i thought they were treating it with like sincerity but it also seemed like a little bit they they're like well this is gonna how we're gonna start but they don't continue thinking it out yeah and i feel like it showed it worked well in terms of their family dynamic like you saw it made sense in terms of like when he would hang out with his family and like how his brothers were and how his dad is and how his mom would react to things like all of that i thought it worked really well but in terms of like it would pop into his head randomly in terms of like his relationship with poppy and like what he wants to do for the parish but like i don't feel like he really focused on it quite enough for that to be like his motivation for things yeah like i feel like i feel like he would have like because <laughs> Speaking of Paul Bettany, uh, become like the uh, the the guy in um, Da Vinci Code who's just like flogging himself all the time. Yeah. For like how badly he fucked up. Right. That makes so, sense. That felt a little strange. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't quite. I wasn't quite sure how I felt about the whole sister. Yeah. Like I almost. I almost feel like. I don't feel like the suicide was necessary. Or if like it. If she was going to, you know, kill herself, then that would be, like, it. But it's not connected to the other stuff. Like, it's, it's like, I needed them to pick one, but it's sort of just, like, that, that seemed very, like, plug-in. Like, it didn't, it didn't need to be there. Because... Because, personally, I think it would have been even more dramatic and more um, an emotional challenge for him if his sister was still alive and, like, called him out on his shit. Yeah. Like, you were literally, like, you are, even though, yes, this is consensual between the two of you, but you were still breaking your vows the exact same way that this priest did to me. Right. How are you, how are you okay with this? Right. Um, but... I don't know. The sister thing, I wasn't quite sure how to feel about. Yeah, that 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 was my only, like, the, the problems I had with the book were, like, details and sort of just, like, because she decided to write this, like, rich thing about controversial topics, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, you know, I didn't, th I thought it would be different. But we're like, that part I'm actively like, eh, she, she should have handled that a little bit better. Where all the other yeah. stuff, all my, like, critiques are just because, like, it's a piece of, you know, art that you can have different opinions about but yeah sure. the sister thing i'm just like that's a little it seemed lazy by the end like it's just sort of like oh yeah and by the way everybody's totally happy that we're together and i'm like everybody is totally happy that you're together are you sure <laughs> like and the fact that like to the like it's been however long since his like eight years or whatever since his sister died and like your mom's still actively super crying about recent this. <laughs> eight years is not that long <laughs> It's not that long. For a young and person, mom, too. Because he's 29. Yeah, and your mom is still, like, actively crying. Right. The situation, and they're like, hey, you're with Poppy. That's great. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was a little, like, right, come on. Like, 
I'm not used to Jeremy's headset. I was like, did I just press a button? <laughs> no, I can still hear you. So you're good. Um, okay, I think that's... I think we did enough of, like, what that book is. Let's move on to our second uh, priest-titled media. It's a 2011 American action horror film. They also throw the word Western in there at times. Uh, called Priest. Directed by Scott Stewart. Starring Paul Bettany as our titular priest. Uh, it's apparently loosely based on a Korean comic of the same name. Really? Um, it takes place in an alternate universe where humanity and vampires have warred for centuries. After the last vampire war, a veteran warrior priest, uh, Paul Bettany, lives in obscurity until his niece is kidnapped by vampires. That's what starts, um, starts us off on this adventure. Do you want to talk about the plot? Do you want to talk about um, some of the world building? Where do you want to jump in, Liz? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I had it, like, I don't know where I was in 2011, but I literally had never heard of this until, I think it was Jeremy was like, oh, well, there's the movie priest you guys can talk about that i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> which i don't know how i missed this because like had this movie been done well it would totally be my jam but i don't think it was done very well oh hot takes i'm not ready for those hot <laughs> takes yet that's not true um i just straight up didn't like it <laughs> so i'm gonna get that out there uh paul bettany um was just in a series of action superhero movies as The Vision, um, best known for being a robot who can fly and shoot things from his brain, and then better known for being as a like comedic straight man to like the I Love Lucy version of the you know Marvel universe uh, with Elizabeth Olsen, and like WandaVision was a delight because it was so bizarre and like slapsticky and then like serious with action like i really enjoyed that probably better than the first half of of it <laughs> you didn't like the parts when it connected to the mcu like when it actually caught up to the superhero part i don't know i have mixed feelings like i feel like overall i probably would give it like a 75 percent of like overall enjoyment um i don't know like i feel like it was relying really hard on you remembering every single fucking detail that possibly happened in the MCU from, like, movies that even happened sure. 10 years ago. And sure. I'm like, come on now, can't we do... Like, I understand that that show in particular is leading us to the next Doctor Strange and some other stuff, but, like, I feel like it could have done a little bit to make it... I don't know. I just want them to make a show that's fun or, you know, interesting or scary or whatever that isn't like you must watch all of this in order to then understand the next movie sure that makes sense that's fair um unless... Elizabeth Olsen is fucking amazing though yeah she does a great job and uh and we're back to priest everybody we're back uh so can you so this movie earned 78 million dollars on a budget of fifth of 60 million so it was a financial success uh Apparently people just loved it. Critics did not like it. But um, all of the, like, uh, like little snippets from 
reviews seemed positive. Really? I'm not quite sure how that happened. Um, <laughs> oh, it says, uh, it was praised for their visual style, art direction, um, but was criticized for its action scenes. But other the people action... praised it for its action scenes. The action scenes almost felt like it was, like, trying to be the Matrix at times. Ten years later. Eleven years yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't... Or, like... I don't Like, I felt like some of the action scenes were alright. Like, the whole train scene was interesting-ish. Oh, okay, but... let's, let's get this out of the way. So, they call these vampires. What would you call them? Because they're not vampires. I feel like the human guy who becomes a vampire was the most vampire of all of them. Yeah. Um, these were, like, demons. So, they're, like... They're, they're humanoid, but they run on all fours. They don't have eyes. They have, like, a milky, like, uh, like skin that covers their whole body, and then they have giant claws and fangs. They're, like, maybe eight foot tall. Uh, they don't have language. They don't seem, like, beyond animal intelligent. But there's, like... They're, they're like, monsters. Yeah, they're, they're just not... they're just straight up like animal monsters like uh sort of like the alien but like on all fours and and i, and I don't understand like if it doesn't seem like they had a whole lot of intelligence to them but i don't understand what like why have they been in this centuries-long war between humans like and why are they trying to take over things like are they just wanting more food like right. there is the queen and i guess the queen's probably the smartest of all showed of them, up but for like, a hot second <laughs> Yeah, they did not explain her well at all. This entire movie, I feel like they just didn't explain shit very well. Which, like, uh, according to Amazon, there are, like, 14 volumes of this graphic novel, Priest. Oh. Um, but, like, and, and this is not based on any of the stories, which always just blows me away when, like, a series... When they're like, hey, we're going to make a movie about this thing that's been around for a long time. They're like, oh, cool. They're like, but we're not going to listen or pay attention to anything that it's built on. So you're like, who is this for then? They're like, what? No, money. It's, we're going to make some money. You're like, no. But like, the fans aren't going to like it of the thing. And people are going to be like, oh, do I have to read all like 15 volumes of this decade running like Korean graphic novel? They're like, what? No, why would you do that? You're like... Well, it's the same name, right? Same world, same premise. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not connected. Not connected at all. It's yeah, insane. they're like, we're just going to loosely base some maybe facts from that world. Like, I don't know. And, and to be fair, I don't know a whole about, like, the mythology of vampires. Like, to me, vampires are the more, like, not, like the majority of them are people that are humans who have been turned into vampires by other vampires. Like, I'm so, sure at some point in they Western... started... In Western canon, it's Dracula. Like, that's the first. Right. And then, like, everything from there. So it's, like, somebody who sucks human blood to gain eternal life and right. is has mysterious powers and is sexy. Like, that's... I was going to say, normally, like, sexy is literally part of it. Yeah. Which, like, I guess... Okay, I always get this wrong. Because there's this... The, the bad guy's name is similar to a country star's name... And I always get this wrong. I know it's not Dirk Bentley, but that's the first, like, 
musician, the country musician I could think of. What's his real name? He played Judge Dredd, and I think he's great. Who's the guy with the... Who's his vampire friend? Oh, I feel stupid now. You you cut out right when you said the name, and I, so I missed what you said. Oh, I said Dirks Bentley, and I know that's wrong. <laughs> but I can't oh, remember the guy's um, name. The character or the actor? The actor. There's Carl Urban. That's it! Which is like Keith Urban. That's exactly it! You solved my mystery! <laughs> what? <laughs> Dirks Bentley! You mean Keith Urban? <laughs> which is actually Carl Urban? <laughs> exactly! That's it. See, you figured um, it out. I like that Christopher Plummer's in this. For just what what's that about too? Like is so is the church bad? Is that what we're <laughs> Okay, so I'm confused. And to be fair, like Jeremy and I ended up watching this in two parts because I got very sleepy the first time we started watching it and then we watched like the last forty five minutes the next night. So in terms of the church, like can we talk about what the church is? I think so. Okay, let's try. Um so according to looking at the plot on Wikipedia, it's saying that um, it's a th- bureaucracy under the organized organization called the church. So like, and and there's priests and like the but the priests seem more Catholic than the organization does. Like the organization, like it reminds me. I just reread um, the Hunger Games, the first okay. book, and like it. it they really remind me a lot of like the capital and like sure. how all of them run in terms of like like the people that are in charge are all well off and and in this place of power that can make anyone else do anything and they don't give a fuck about everyone else as long as they're good and you're following the rules it's all about following the rules right um it was like but, strong and- 1984 vibes especially with the like you know faith is important and like disobeying the church is disobeying god like that whole thing where it's like that's just straight orwellian like copy and paste yeah but it seemed like the priests almost had a different like the 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 priests that were initially used in the war and that's the whole thing these priests were used in the war and they were kind of like retired like okay like you were trained to be these like intense god-powered vampire slayers but we don't need you anymore because we have that we whole situation care of. We one question mark, uh, we're safe. Vampires aren't an issue, and they like even when there's evidence that vampires are still an issue, the church is like, no, 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 it's not, because I think they still want people to think that they have the power and in charge and but they have everything under control. But like, wouldn't you think that the person in charge is the person who like wields the priests to save people from vampires? Like, wouldn't you? Like, why don't you do the reverse of, like, did you see the movie The Village, which I'm about to spoil? I'm not sure if I have. So, the premise is, like, the people in charge are constantly using fear, like, fabricating monsters, effectively, to keep control. Like, this is the the reverse, where they're like, the control we have is independent of the safety we can keep you in? Like, it seemed... I didn't know. It seemed poorly thought out. Which like is because this... Like, their power is because they provided the safety? That that makes sense to me. Like, you know, like, you create a boogeyman and be like, we're the only ones who can keep you safe, so you better listen to what we have to say. That, that on a, like, 
theocracy level makes a lot of sense. I don't quite understand what Christopher Plummer was up to. Well, especially because, I mean, they live in this city and town that, like, has giant walls and... Too dark. There's no sun. There's no sun. It's, like, pollution and the walls and all of this. But, like, I think it's, like, the walls is what kept them safe to begin with. But, like, then that would make sense to be, like, oh, you're safe as long as you're within these walls. But if you cross that, then, like, you know, shit's... Who knows what's going to happen to you? Like, so you must... You must work with us. You must believe us and follow us because in our safe community you're good you're gonna stay alive right but they make it sound like there's just no vampires and that's weird yeah not to mention they mention like in the the prologue and multiple times how like these vampires are just better at like fighting than humans so like but there was a centuries-long war. It's like, well, no, before the priest, wouldn't you have all just been murdered? Like, wouldn't it have just been, like, you've been wiped out? Because you kept trying... I don't know. These so, vampires reminded me more of dragons. Okay. Because they were, they got, they were too powerful, and they got just wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand a lot of the stuff that was supposed to be cool when they were fighting. Like, there's a scene when Paul Bettany, the priest, has a Bible that he pulls out, and his gunslinger uh, sidekick is like, they're not gonna, they don't pay attention to your holy words. And I'm like, I don't know if they have ears. Like, (laughs) like, and then he, so he quotes, like, Psalm 23, no, he quotes the one where it's that, uh, they quote in um, Gangster's Paradise, where it's like, Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And then he flips uh, his book, and we find out that it is not a Bible. It is a hollowed-out book with um, tiny steel crosses in it. And then once they're in the air, he throws them? Or Wouldn't they be silver if it's vampires? Uh, silver, I thought, was just werewolves. Oh. Anyway, uh, why would, why would crosses work? This is an alternate universe, which I'm assuming doesn't have Jesus in it? I don't know. Or the Bible. But crosses happen throughout the whole thing. I mean, they have crosses on their forehead. But it doesn't stop the vampires. Only sunlight stops them. And murder. Like, they're just, they're just animals. They're like, it's like fighting a worm that has teeth. Oh, a dragon! You were right! Like, because, like, the, there's no, and like... And they fly! Only the queen flies, right? Oh, I don't know. Well, they use a train at some point, so transportation's yeah. kind of loose. But, like, the well, only things the that's train, stopping the, the them... Train was, the train was so they can travel throughout the day, because it's dark in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's, it also it had a lot didn't of... seem dark enough. Like, there was definitely some light coming in there. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, and the light hurt them or immediately killed them? The actual light kills them, I think. Okay. Um, But yeah, so Paul Bettany is going on this mission to find his niece slash, spoiler alert's apparently daughter? And he drives so fast on a motorcycle <laughs> that I got really nervous. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
he hit Nitro, and I'm like, he's gonna fall off. <laughs> um, and his da- his niece slash daughter is played by Lily Collins. So if any of you have seen Emily in Paris, that's the same actress. I didn't see that. Was she Emily? Yeah, she's the lead character. Cool. Um, and then the sheriff of a town. So like, okay, this is what I'm confused about. Like these towns that aren't part of the halt, huge walled off areas. Right? Yeah. Are they just like living loose and free and hoping the vampires don't get them? Like, it's, it's how are seen, they fine? Because like, she, the dad, uh, the uncle slash. Uh, so it's Paul Bettany's brother who is yeah. supposed to be her father, but is her uncle. Um, mentions like her, that she's going to church. Like, is it a full on town? Because like, there was no one else around except for Jericho, and that seemed farther away. Like it, it was. I was getting full on like Little House on the Prairie vibes. Like, even though they mentioned that it's supposed to be like uh, a reskin of Searchers, and I'm like, uh, that's a little bit more fleshed out. Than... I know because it says. Hicks, who's the sheriff of the Freetown, Augustine. Oh, Augustine. Okay, I thought it was Jericho. It's the, it's the one. Jericho is a different place they go to. Jericho, okay. I think, is where they went to, where there's the three priests that have been crucified. Oh yeah, that was dumb too. Like, I don't get it. Like, what? If they're scared of cross, why are they crucifying people? Yeah, they're they're being free and loose with their Christian imagery. I just need them to stick to something. That way, I can support or criticize correctly uh i do have hmm yeah it also mentioned that it was cyberpunk at one point i'm like that's uh, you guys are just making stuff up i mean i guess because um hicks who's played by cam Giganget, i don't know how to pronounce his name g-i-g-a-n-d-e-t who i thought was the most attractive person in the entire movie um he's the sheriff guy that was with the priest uh he like he looked like he like came straight out of um oh my god serenity firefly firefly like he looked like he stepped out of firefly yeah uh but like i don't feel like it was consistent of like who looked weirdly western even though this is a very futuristic place like they had those high speed motorcycles so fast. and they had like like, certain things that are, like... Because it's supposed to be... It's not anytime soon. Like, this is supposed to be very far in the future. And... But yet also Western. And I guess that's technically where people are trying to claim steampunk. But I it did not have... They're trying to do a, a Star Wars thing where it's like, this is a long time ago. But it's also not our reality. You're like, alright. Well, let me read you this quote from the director. And it just made me mad. The priests of our story are like Jedi Knights. You're like, okay, well that's... You can't just say that stuff. They have these supernatural abilities to fight vampires. It's just like, just supernatural... Like, you jump real high. And I think your reaction time was... I think they had like super speed. And they saved humanity before the movie even begins. Now, a generation later... Society has moved on from war. And the priests are like pariahs. They're almost like Vietnam vets. They've been cast aside by society and now reviled and feared. Which is not... That wasn't in the movie. <laughs> That's, they just made that... At one point, one guy shoveling coal. Which I'm like, not a very good futuristic society if you're running on coal. Like, it did seem 
seemed like all the people that were priests felt a little lost in terms of like what they were supposed to be doing sure. now that they're not like fighting vampires. But it didn't seem like, oh, you saw a priest, you're like, Aah! yeah, or like, I don't know. That's that's a weird comparison. Like, I I can understand the like soldier coming home from war and being lost, but it's literally any soldier in any war of trying to figure out, okay, now what? Right. <laughs> like. I don't know. If that's what he thought he was doing, he needed to uh, make that a whole lot clearer. And I think what also confused me is, like, why did you use brown to make the tattoos on their face? Why did they... It looked... Maybe it was supposed to look like Ash Wednesday, kind of, but... Those are smaller and black. This was really big and brown and always looked bad. Like, every scene it looked like it was a little off. They did look like that was kind of changed. Because <laughs> on the trailer, it looks like he's wearing a hood and he's like way up high on a cathedral. And I'm like, okay, I could get behind that. He doesn't wear that hood a lot. I don't know. It just, it struck out on so many levels where like it wasn't about vampires and he wasn't a priest. <laughs> I'm also still, like, I don't understand why why Lucy was kidnapped. I still truly don't understand. That's because his friend, uh, Carl Urban, knew that it was actually his child, and that was the only way he could get back at him for abandoning him. Oh. I also or hated some, that... Or something stupid like yeah, that. that. Yeah, he knew that that was the only way they could make him come after him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the way the movie... The movie ended very abruptly. They're like, hey, we killed all the vampires on the train. Cool. Um, There's still a the, queen. The, the queen is still somewhere. And they're like, okay. And then the movie ended. And you could tell that they were planning that there was going to be a sequel. But... Be- but there was never a sequel. So it was just like, it was not a satisfying ending at all for me. Also, like, was... Is Kelly... No. Maggie Q supposed to be his love interest? Um... Because it wasn't. Well, so, when I was reading... Like, I, I was looking over the plot, and she, who plays Priestess, apparently is in love with him... Because she's all like, now that Shannon, who was his ex, who ended up marrying his brother... Got murdered uh, by a vampire. Got married by a vampire. She's like, now that she's out of the picture, maybe you're finally free to love someone else. And he's like, no. <laughs> she, straight up was just like, she straight, he straight up was just like, no thank you. <laughs> also, like, she just got brutally murdered. Like, recently. <laughs> um. So that was weird. Like, because she didn't show any romantic interest at all until suddenly she was, like, stroking his face and, like, trying to make a move. And he's like, "Mm mm-mm, no thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. Definitely definitely no high heat there. I can comfortably say that. (laughs) All right, so those are... What else do you want to say about Priest before we we, uh, pit these two pieces of Priest media against each other what else do you want to say about the movie um when the vampires were sleeping they were super creepy looking because they're in like bags they're in like like amniotic sacks hanging from a ceiling right that was because i was like do they have like bat wings that they're like wrapped up in yeah i guess like like, because like shouldn't they just be in eggs because they're like 
not mammals. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, can't you just be in, like, a coffin like a normal vampire? Was that... Was one of them in a coffin? I don't remember I now. think one of them was in a coffin. Uh, Immediately I... finishing Priest last night, we watched uh, the next episode of What We Do in the Shadows. I was like, these are the vampires that I want in my life. That's a good show. That's a good show. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, we're going to be back in just a minute with... Uh, we're going to pit these two against each other with a set of criteria to decide which priest piece of media was better. We're back. Uh, we got our four criteria here to decide which priest the movie or priest the book was better. Um, I guess there's a subscript... Uh, or subtitled to Priest. It's Priest, A Love Story, the book. Um, and Priest, nothing. The vampire movie. Yeah, the kinda. vampire hunter. Like, I don't know. Highly critical, because there's just so much they could have done. And at one point, Maggie Q throws two rocks in the air, and Paul Bettany jumps off of them, as if, like, physics don't exist she was able to throw it faster than he was able to jump forward and then he was able to jump off of it continuing forward and then he just stabbed it like he just stabbed this vampire that's all you need to do is stab a vampire so okay so whenever we discuss uh whenever we put two pieces of media together and comparing apples to oranges we always talk about um, reconsumability. So, would you rather watch the movie again or read the book again? Um, because both of these things are about uh, priests, we talk about which one did it an okay job of accurately portraying um, anything Catholic. So, Catholics' interpretation of God, Catholic Church, Catholic religion, any of that stuff. Um, and then, sort of in the other direction, which um priest was more heretical which one definitely um aired on the side of uh uh oh you're gonna get in some trouble <laughs> pope francis is shaking his finger at you he doesn't like it and then last of all because both of these have the same name which one do we think is more deserving of the name priest as its uh title liz where do you want to start uh let's do rewatch your readability okay uh, do you want to start? Sure. Okay, where are you coming in? I would rather read the book again. Why is that? Um, because despite the certain things that initially made me uncomfortable, uh, the fact that he, anytime anything sexual was happening, referred to her, her as his lamb. Okay, that's it. You, you cracked the code. That's what her fan base is called. The Lambs. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You can sign up for it. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, despite all of that, I did find it actually... I ended up being sucked into it. And, like, it, it, it did take me a little bit to get into it. But once I was into it, I was pretty sucked into it and wanted to keep reading. And by the end, I was like, oh, I'd read the next one. Um whereas with the movie like literally nearly fell asleep during my first attempt of watching it and 
then like if you're like oh tell me all the details about this movie i'd be like i don't i don't even know like <laughs> that's all i have is details i don't have a movie that's the issue is like i could tell you some stuff about the the motorcycle when you hit nitro that makes no sense like the physics of like there's these they're called familiars which are like humans that like really like vampires so they just become lackeys of vampires which that is a thing that's common in vampire lore that was like the only thing yeah renfield that, seemed, that was like the only thing that seemed um consistent to any other vampire lore that i'm i'm knowledgeable about like i don't know i didn't like these vampires at all well they were they vampires were not... that's the whole thing like if this was a vampire uh comparison podcast we'd be like well this 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 was disqualified. It's not about vampires. Because they're not. They're just, they're like, photos, they use the phrase photosensitive monsters. That's not a vampire. That's just like a naked mole rat with teeth. There's apparently also just an insect, too? Like, I don't know. Um, I also went with the book because, like, uh, I found myself wanting to continue reading it to find out what happens where with the movie i'm just like this could have been 30 minutes or it should have been an actual movie at 100 at 100 minutes like you have to pick one it other was edited to hell or should have been a tv series where they could like build a world explain a plot develop characters because none of that happened everybody was there's literally a like two scenes where um like paul bettany and hicks are supposed to become friends and because they have no interaction they just show yeah. up places and then like quip to each other but at one point paul bettany's like focus and then like hicks repeats it to himself at one point and then is able to shoot something better as if, like, that was a, a lesson. Like, that's not even a montage. That's, like, two unconnected scenes. I don't know. Or, like, the scene when they're, they're finally, like, got to the train, and suddenly Hicks pulls his gun out on him. And I'm almost like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what? 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 Yeah. Like, we had to rewatch that scene, like, twice. Because we were both like, why is he doing this? Because he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna stop Priest, because Priest is gonna kill Lily Collins if she got turned to a familiar I think and Hicks yeah. is like you're not going to do it there's some way to turn him back which is not true also what's going on yeah what's for going sure. on so yeah I, I, it, I found myself wanting to know what happened and being compelled to engage with the book more than the, yeah. the movie could do and like I think I probably I spent like four times as much time four or five as much time on reading as I did on the movie. And like an action movie should be shouldn't feel drawn out, but this felt boring. Yeah. So okay, uh, do you want to do which one did a better job of accurately portraying the Catholic Church, or which one was more heretical? Ooh. Let's do Catholic Church. Okay. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there is a, like, synod of cardinals. Or is it synod of bishops? Like, there's councils 
of uh, like higher ranked um, Catholic leaders, similar to the the thing that we get in priest. However, there's no pope mentioned, which is the most Catholic thing of all. <laughs> like that's yeah. not in priest. Um, they do wear robes. That's pretty cool. Uh, they do quote the like King James Bible, which is not Catholic. <laughs> King James is Protestant. Um, what else happens? I, I would I would say that um in the movie the um the like pomp and circumstance of it all was very important. Like that's the, true. The, like the the what am I looking for? Not traditions. Rituals. Yeah. Rituals. Thank you. Rituals still seemed important. Yes. Um, most priests do carve crosses and bullets. Uh, that's true. Um, I guess a, a, a big thing is like Catholics aren't just about the cross. They're about the crucifix. Where like most yes. Christianities are cross instead of crucifix because they're like, it makes them uncomfortable to see a dead person all the time. Um, and we're like, look at the dead. <laughs> yeah. That's why we love Halloween so much. Uh, that's, also, that's also why we like all the, uh, Oh my god, my brain is just on Catholic words. The uh, um, little like dead pieces of bone and shit. Relics, a... yeah. Relics, yeah. We love our relics. Yeah. Okay, that was another thing. Like the only thing you can think of to kill a vampire is the cr- like crosses and does he do holy water at one point? Or did I make that up? I don't remember seeing holy water. Okay, so I don't want to get into praising the movie Van Helsing because it's psycho but it is a better job of what this movie wants to be where like it's an action hero wolverine um but he like goes to the pope and gets these like sick vampire killing weapons like at one point he has holy water and like ash from mount vesuvius and it makes a literal holy hand grenade like this is not I'm not kidding. This is what they say in the movie. Like, he throws it in and explodes vampires because it has super holy power grenade. And, like, we don't get it. We, we get bat we get batarangs that are in the shape of a cross that come out of a, a book. That's not Catholic. Like, they don't do yeah, any no, exorcist I, I, stuff. Like, there's I so read... much. There's, there's so much to pull. There's a font, a uh, baptismal font, to, like, pull from from this. And there's nothing. There's no Catholic stuff at all in the movie. I feel like they could have made, like, it would have been so cool if he had to, like, show up at, like, at whatever their Vatican kind of thing would have been and be like, load me up! Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, get all the weaponry that he needed to fight this battle. Yeah. Like, he has a bandolier, but it's all rosaries. You're like, that's crazy. <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> oh, I agree. So, I mean, like... We're not even coming up with that good of ideas, but we we thought about it for any amount of time and came up with more than they did. It's just, well, I didn't know why he was a priest. Right, and that's the thing. If you're going to name something a priest, like, I'm pretty certain Catholics are one of the only religions that use the term priest. Like, it's normally, like, reverend or... Pastor. Yeah, like, all kinds of other things. But, like, father and priest are typically a catholic thing yeah so, so if you're going to use that terminology you better have some catholic ideology in there yeah so i'm going with the book on this one 
Um, yeah. They just mentioned, they, like, they, they knew they had their facts, like, they used some of the words, which, you know, again, gotta respect a Wikipedia search, you know? Just, like, it shows you're, shows you're doing your research, shows you're putting in the time. I can respect that. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she mentioned all kinds of things in terms of, like, things around the altar, the ca- the tabernacle, the oil, the specific oils, the cer- some of the specific vestments that are worn. Um, you know, he refers to, like, the bishop that is in charge of him. He has his own priest buddy that is his, like, specific confessor. Like, there's all kinds of the confession scenes. Yeah. There's all kinds of... And he's also quoting, like, Bible verses and referring to religious things on a regular basis. Like, yeah. Like, and he manages to do it in a way that isn't typically super weird. Like, right. I feel like he's actually... He actually is really invested in his beliefs, uh, despite the fact that he's also just wants to have dirty, dirty sex all the time. Yeah. Um, and, like, his faith is really, really important to him, and he's not scared to talk about it or, like, utilize that information to help other people. And I thought, like, the you mentioned his friend that he also goes to for confession, and, like... That character on the surface could have been, like, pretty shoddily put together because they're like, oh, yeah, he talks to God or whatever. But then, they're like, they just put it in context. They're like, no, he's, like, he's really into his prayer life and, like, he doesn't, like, have normal relationships because he takes this so seriously. And you're just like, okay. And then it's not, you know, he's not... It does move the plot forward, but it's not in, like, an obnoxious way. And I've definitely met those kind of people who are just, like, all they do is, like, meditate and read spiritual works. And, like, you know, they they don't act the same as normal people. Like, not, not necessarily in a negative way, but it's just, like, this is why people go off and, like, live by themselves to do this stuff is because you you have to be disconnected from human civilization if you're going to participate yeah, in this way. The way that the way that priest was, I'm almost surprised he isn't more like a brother who lives off yeah. and where like they've the focused cloistered. On just, yeah, exactly. Um instead of being like honestly he probably wouldn't be that great of a parish priest. So he doesn't seem like he would have the greatest um They said relationship. that it, they said that it was his uh masses were more well attended than Father Bell's though. So Yeah. Um also let, last thing about unrealistic like this priest who is young runs around town without a shirt on like okay that i was like i don't think even if you are like like, (laughs) i i i feel like yeah you can have your running like that's cool that's what like you you do a lot of your thinking and your meditating and stuff while you're running but like at least have a fucking tank top on yeah just you don't come on no you don't need your the the, the parish area to see your abs all the time. Yeah, it seemed that seemed like vanity, and I'm not body shaming. Apparently, he looked great, but just like you know, what are you doing, guy? Like it's not that hot out. It's Kansas City. It, it seemed um a little inappropriate for his choice of right vocation. Yes. Uh, what do they say? It's modesty. They talk about modesty. Yeah. All right. Um, are you ready for more heretical then? Yeah. So you could argue that a movie where 
a priest's sole job is to murder, it would be pretty heretical. <laughs> and... Well, and it's one of those things, are vampires one of God's creatures? Or are vampires created by some other thing that, like, I don't know. Like, is Why this... wouldn't this be brought up in the movie? You're doing more work than all of them put together. <laughs> that That's the single argument that, like, the the Carl Urban turned vampire should put forward. And then you're just like, oh, now we have a villain who's intelligent and, like, has a point. Like, those are the most interesting villains instead of just, like, no, he's got, like, a dark hat and, like, glowing eyes. And <laughs> fangs. Yeah, oh, yeah. <sighs> we need more of him in the movie, quite honestly. Like, I, I think if we had dived more into him and his role it could have been more interesting but um yeah i don't know man like it, like you said you can make that argument if a priest is just going around murdering but in their eyes they're not murdering people so like it was kill or be killed talk to saint francis and, all right he loved all those little animals but but also look at all the crusades through the catholic but those weren't priests doing it. It would be the only argument. Sure. Literal devil's advocate on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. We're like, that isn't necessarily, like, depending on the whims of the people up top, that's definitely a very non-heretical thing to do, is, like, follow the church's uh, teachings. And that might be kill all the, you know, people that aren't like you. So that's a good point. Um, both of our main character uh, titular priests just totally break the rules. Like, yeah. uh, priest in the movie is not supposed to go out and hunt vampires, even though that's his only job. He decides to go out and they send a like hit squad after him. But his girlfriend, former, I guess his, his like paramour? No, that implies back and forth. His admirer is in it, so that's another wrinkle. And then, um, but is he still a priest at the end? Is priest still a priest at the end of priest? I think so, but he also, like, throws shit down and then walks out, so I don't know. Yeah, did he get excommunicated when he left? Like, in that world, like, it, it almost sounds like once a priest, always a priest. Which is, that is Catholic, too, I thought. Well, yeah... You can be, um, you know, you have to get the, you can leave, you can be laicized. Oh, that's right. That's the phrase they used. You can be laicized, which is true. Um, it does actually take a long time for all that to become official through the Pope. Like, when my dad became laicized, like, m my parents got married, and he, like, they didn't have a Catholic wedding until many years later, because it took, like, eight years or whatever for the Pope to finally... Gotcha. Maybe not eight years, but a long time. It yeah. was a long time before, like, it had officially, officially, officially through the church. Mm -hmm. So, like, they got legally married, and then eventually, once laicized, uh, got it um, officially married within the church. But even then, once you decide to no longer be a priest, like, there are certain things you're not allowed to do anymore within the church. Like, he couldn't be a Eucharistic minister because he gave oh. up his rights. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. To, yeah. So, like, anytime my mom was asked, 
would you like to volunteer to be a Eucharistic minister? She'd be like, well, once the church is cool with my husband, who is a very religious and good Catholic, can do it again, right. then I'll also volunteer. But until yeah. then, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, I don't know. Like if if Paul Bettany's priest, he he seemed kind of done with everyone, but like because he threw that head at him, and then just like walked out like peace. Yeah. But but like I don't think that was any different than what his role was at the start of the movie. <laughs> Literally, no change in the character. That's right. That's usually how you want to make a movie. Like, it wasn't like he's like, oh, I'm actively, like, or if, if, if he was actively disowning the church, like, they did not make that clear. Yeah, I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. Um, so are we going with a uh, priest of love story is more heretical then? I would say so, just because in terms of, like, he was actively breaking his vows. Like, he broke his vow of, um celibacy many times because like the first two times he's like well i didn't really break it i'm like dude you broke it (laughs) right that's like that's like oh my god have you heard i don't remember what the term is but apparently second virginity something like that oh no but there's this thing um apparently within the mormon church like with people that go to like brigham young i don't remember what the term is but like they stick it in but as long (laughs) as they're not moving then that doesn't count as sex. And so, like, sometimes they'll have, like, a friend, like, jump on the bed because it's, like, not them moving, but it's making movement happen. That's probably less intimate than is intended. Like, that's more uncomfortable than just, like, you and a partner sharing a a special moment is, like, you're like, okay, I'm going to put it in. Neither of us can move, but my friend's going to jump on the bed. (laughs) I can't imagine any. I can't imagine any girl being like, oh, this is going to give me an orgasm. Cool. I don't think um, any any guy is thinking that either. That's the reason he's doing it. He's like, this feels good for me. My friend's jumping on the bed. This is awesome. Um, But, yeah, you know, he, he, he made, like, he made not good choices. And he was self-aware of the majority of them. So, like, yay that. Um, but... And eventually led to him deciding to leave the priesthood, and I think that was his best choice that he could possibly make. Um, even when he thought he wasn't going to be with Poppy, he was like, yeah, no, I shouldn't be a priest. Um, but still, yeah, no, he 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 broke some major rules. <laughs> right. Because, like, they, they try to address the fact that he's like, well, I think this is different because she's an adult. And, like, that's fine except that like the stuff you're saying is what the crazy priests have said about children they're like no our connection's more important like uh, we have a spiritual connection so it's okay if i like sexually abuse them and you're like no you you don't get to say that that's not you don't you don't make no you don't get to say that like so i don't know Um, it's definitely more heretical though it's definitely plenty of heresy thrown around there Church against yes. church teachings. Yeah. Um. Okay, and we have come to our final category. Which piece of priest media named priest should be called priest? And then which? And then we have to come up with a better name for the other thing because priest has been taken. I personally think the book should get the title, and the movie should not. 
do you think that Priest, a love story, should just be called Priest? Like, full-on, drop the subtitle? Hmm. Is it officially a subtitle, or is it... Oh, yeah, it is, I you guess. You call it a colon? I don't know what you call something after a colon. Because when you look at it on... on... I have it pulled up on Amazon right now, and it just says, oh, it does. Interesting, because book one is priest, a love story, story, but then it's just sinner and then saint, and they don't have... And then midnight mass. Yeah. Ooh. Apparently that's when Tyler and Poppy come back, is midnight mass. Interesting. Um... I think, because I feel like almost everyone refers to the book as just Priest, I think uh, it'd be perfect. It already works. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, what should we call the Paul Bentney movie? Uh, I don't... Because it's not really about a priest. His name is Priest? I think. So there's only one of him? There's only one... <laughs> what are the other guys called? See, that's the thing. It's like, they're all priests... Because it's just weird that his name is Priest and everyone calls him Priest, but then Maggie Q is Priestess. Yeah. And it's just like, so it was every male priest named Priest suddenly, and every lady priest is named Priestess? Like, did they... They're don't... like, D we're only going to have one of each, don't worry. No one's going to say their names on screen. It's fine. It's very frustrating. Um, I guess you could call it... I mean, Carl Urban's name is literally Black Hat. Uh, you can't say anything about vampires because they're not vampires. Maybe like uh, monsters or like e dark night or like evil. Because yeah. the queen makes sense. There's a queen in there. There's back and vampires. Uh, no, I got nothing. I just don't think they should have made it. It's like, it's not good enough to be a good movie. There's nothing in the movie that is, like, of itself. Everything is just a copy of other things. Yeah, and not even good. Yeah. Like, hmm. it's not even like they took something and, like, spun it on, heads, on its head and made it more interesting. Right. There's, they're, def they're not even Jedi. They don't have any psychic powers. They just kind of jump that high at one point. Or they fly. I can't tell. And it seemed like they did, like, in terms of, like, injuries, have a really high pain tolerance slash, like, it takes a lot to really hurt them. Yeah. It seemed like. I don't think that was ever talked about, but, it, like, based on the fact that he was stabbed through the shoulder and hanging a couple of feet up off the ground and then just yanked it out and started running and was fine. Ooh, okay. So instead of high noon, you could call it high midnight because, like, the train... And in darkness, and it's a western. It's not good, but it's better than this movie deserves. That's all I'm saying. Or like Daywalker. Could but that is that it's just that one guy, right? Who's the Daywalker? I guess that's the same thing in Blade, where he's the only one who's a Daywalker. Hmm. Either way, uh, this has been a clean sweep for the book. Uh, Priest the book. Clean sweep. I don't think that's happened before. Usually we throw a bone to the the other one, but this is... I just... <laughs> I don't recommend it. I don't want you to watch Priest the movie. <laughs> no, I do not recommend. 
better Paul Bettany. If you want a cool, if you want a good Paul Bettany movie, just watch A Knight's Tale. There you go. He's in all sorts of good stuff, apparently. Um, yeah. We'll be back in a second. Uh, we're going to have some recommendations for you. And uh, Liz is going to plug her stuff so you know where else to listen to her. Okay, we'll be back in a second. Okay, hey, we're back. Uh, this Hello! Is com- comparing apples to oranges, we're about to give you some recommendations for... Um, we decided we're going to, instead of uh, doing other priest things, because I haven't... There's like a 1984 priest movie... And then, like, a TV show, maybe? And I, we're not going to do that. So we're each going to recommend something that has a priest in it and then something that has vampires in it. Um, Liz, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So in terms of priest media, I feel like the, the typical one that most people are aware of right now is season two of Fleabag when the hot priest is a main character. And I think that... Um, I mean, Fleabag is a piece of shit. She's not supposed to be a heroine. Like, she's a horrible human, and you gotta love her for that. Um, but her relationship with the hot priest is very interesting to watch unfold. And it's not as fulfilling as the book, but the book priest. But it's very interesting and a different take on that kind of a priest and someone outside of the church being into each other. Um, and then in terms of vampire... I just finished reading and actually talked about this in my podcast uh, this week, but it's called A Lady of Rooksgrave Manor by Catherine Moon. And this is, for those of you who don't know what a reverse harem is, it's when there's uh, the, the female lead, so the heroine, then has multiple male partners and typically, they all kind of interact with each other. Like, it's her little harem. Um, so it's a reverse harem because it's a woman in charge and the rest are men. So in this particular book, it's a historical romance monster reverse harem. So she works at this manor uh, where she's, you know, a sex worker. But all of her lovers are various monsters. So there's Augustine, who is the vampire and he is probably my favorite of everyone. Then there's Booker, who's a golem. Then there's Amon, who's a sphinx. Then there's Ezra, who is just a cursed Irish man who's invisible, so he's the invisible man. And there's um, Dr. Jonathan slash, I don't remember what his second half is, and he's kind of like Mr. Jackal, or Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde. So he's one, in, but also both. So she has her six men. This, that, but isn't a sphinx like a lion and a person? With yeah, do they have he wings? Has wings, yeah. So he, uh, yeah. So, but he's able to kind of um, take on a more humanistic form. That's probably for the best for her. <laughs> uh, his penis does do more cat-like things, though. <laughs> <laughs> of course, why not? it is um again like priest it is a a a much higher heat book it is it is definitely an erotic romance there's like probably sex scenes like every chapter to every other chapter (laughs) like i think it has more sex than priest does dang yeah saying something (laughs) i was a little shocked 
we were we were reading it specifically for a dick of the week and i was like well damn okay (laughs) (laughs) not ready for it it was my first forte into or my first uh experience um foray foray thank you it was my first foray into the reverse harem subgenre of romance and i did not know what to expect but ended up having a good time there you go that's the best thing you can happen when you dabble in new stuff um my priest recommendation is the book the exorcist by william peter blatty uh from 1970 um yes the movie is based off of it and uh it is still incredibly scary but it's um like a lot more introspective and like the main character it follows like the old priest and like sort of his uh like spiritual grappling and it's a much more thought out um narrative but it's also just like completely unsettling and very unnerving you're like for people who are like oh no the movie's scarier it's like i mean like if it's just because you're with it longer it's like even though you don't hear the same thing and you like have the same visuals it's just so it's so disturbing uh and then for vampires i want to recommend i haven't seen the american version but the original norwegian swedish let me in uh vampire movie oh, so good it's just so so it follows all of the vampire rules but in a like completely different way there's a scene <laughs> where a woman is in a hospital bed and then they open the drapes to like let the sunlight in and then there's just a pyre of fire where she was and you're like didn't didn't know that was going to happen just like it's it starts so subtly and then it just goes completely it follows all of the correct beats for a vampire movie but it because it's so realistic and like the town is so like you've spent so much time establishing how normal everything is it just is so it's crazy it's it's a real it's a it's an amazing vampire movie i don't want to say oh i liked it because it's like this it's just murder and violence and like depression and loneliness and like it's also abuse. really beautiful oh no it's 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 a piece it's a it's a work of art but it's also a vampire movie which i think yeah. it's also a book I've never read it though, because I've, I've heard only, like I've only, I've only seen the original one. Also, I've never seen the English version. I don't know if I want to see it. I'm sure it's nah. Okay. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I wholly endorse both of those things um, uh, because we couldn't. I mean, it's half priest, half vampire. That's the best we can do, I guess. So. <laughs> uh, Liz, uh, go ahead and plug your uh, podcast and where people can check out some more of your stuff. Sure. All of my stuff is available at calamitycast.com. I am nearly finished now after about two years of um, doing a Gargoyles recap podcast called Defenders of the Night. So it's really fun if you want to watch the cartoon on Disney Plus and follow along with our absolute ridiculous chatter about it. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, I am the co-host of Dick of the Week, where we talk about romance novels. Uh, we are in the process right now of um, doing table reads, and we'll be scheduling recording soon for season two of Space America, which is my sci-fi audio drama. 
and you can check out season one that's already available um that's lovely and also season one of my romance audio drama called love and lust and all of that can be found at any podcatcher of your choice but also calamitycast.com and i don't know if you want to follow me on instagram or tiktok to hear me talk about writing and romance and my black cats uh you can follow me at liz zirkle writes awesome now uh one of your cats is named after the writer frankenstein is that correct yes shelly awesome uh yeah our our first, our, one of our first cats uh, passed away, and her name was Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> so af- after she passed, and we called her Frankie, uh, we got Shelly, and so Shelly is named to that in honor of Frankie. And you took a truly disturbing picture of Shelly recently, where she was in full demon mode, and I'm like, are you sure? Because, like, you've taken other pictures, like, look how cute she's cuddling, and this was, like, she's on a chair, and it's just, like, <laughs> instead of eyes, it's just, like, a blur and her mouth is full of needles. It's very scary. <laughs> she was yawning. She's a really funny yawner. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really funny whenever you capture cats mid-yawn because they look like that. Yeah. I'll send you a, I'm sending you a cute photo right now. It's terrifying. All right. Um, so this has been Comparing Apples to Oranges. We decided to look at two pieces of media with the title Priest today. Um, just like a walk-off. Uh, for Priest the Love Story, stay away from Paul Bettany's um, attempt at whatever this was. It was too many things to be one thing, and it couldn't get couldn't get any of it done. Um, but uh, I'm Mike. I'm Liz. And remember, when you're comparing apples to oranges, it's all fruit. That's <laughs> Bye. All. Bye. Thanks for listening. This has been episode 67 of the podcast. Uh, yeah, so we couldn't find any good music to go along with this episode, so I just played Susu Studio by Phil Collins. Hope you enjoy that. I'm slowly building that Tumblr back up. It's comparing apples to oranges, all one word, .tumblr.com. If you're into that, go ahead and check out the show notes because that's where you'll find links to uh, the stuff Liz was talking about, Calamity Cast, and her different podcast that you can check out, as well as a link to the archive for this for this podcast so you can check out former episodes if you have comments or ideas for future episodes of the podcast share, share them with us at catopodcast at gmail.com that's c-a-t-o for comparing apples to oranges if you like the intro outro music bed music that song was thumbs up if you want to hear more from leisure b the artist who created that song go ahead and check him out at humanworkshop.com and we'll catch you next month Bye. One thousand twenty-six years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of fear, a time of gargoyles. Uh, uh, Liz, what are you doing? Oh. 
Hey there, Daniel. Uh, I didn't see you. Um, I'm just watching Gargoyles. The mid-90s Disney cartoon? Yeah. And do you always yell along with Goliath? Do you not? Fair point. So, did you maybe want to watch with me? Oh, and then make a podcast about it? Hells yeah! Yes, I'm so into it! We are Defenders of the Night! The most trusted source for top-to-bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid-90s animated program, Gargoyles! Find us at CalamityCast.com or your favorite podcatcher. Rawr!